this Survivor? What? Bro, are you listening to Survivor? Guys, I think this is Survivor. Dude, you must really like Survivor. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Survivor Buffs, Blindsides, and Banter podcast. This is the podcast made by superfans with superfans for superfans. I'm your host, Buckles, and with me I've got my mate, Mac. Mac, how you doing, bro? Buckles, my man. I am not doing so well. I feel like I've aged about 30 years in a week. I've stuffed my back at work, and uh, I'm hobbling around. It's, it's very painful, but uh, looking forward to the chat today. Hopefully lift my spirits a little bit. Um, should be a good time with our guests, so yeah, really looking forward to it. Mate, it is going to be an awesome time with our guest. It is my honour. I'm fangirling a little bit, as been said already. <laughs> uh, we have with the, with us the convert, the controversial and infamous Adam Ritter. Ritter, how you going? Mate, it's an absolute pleasure to be here. Finally back on the mic. Um, I had a brief hiatus. It's been a while since I've podcasted about Australian Survivor, but I've just had to get on and talk with, you know, these... And, and I had to bring some banter about this season because I have so many thoughts. No, nah, no, nah, I'm glad. Oh, we're so excited to have you. So for those that don't know, um, Adam Ritter was on the Brink of Reality podcast for quite a while and also did his own, the Ritter Reality Roundup. Uh, he is an icon in the Survivor podcasting stage and era, and we are so excited to have him here. Absolutely. Yes, I that has been great. No, yes, I, I said I've dubbed you guys icons. I've, I'm passing the icon torch. Uh, there can be multiple icons in the community, and I, <laughs> and I think you guys are up there for sure. Um, you know, we, I think like you guys said last week, we met at the viewing party. We just really hit it off, and, um, yeah, I just am very glad to be back on a podcast talking about Survivor. Yeah, well, we are so happy to have you. But seeing as how we've brought up Survivor finally... Uh, Mac, what the fuck happened in Survivor this week? I'll give you a rundown of what happened with a quick recap with Mac. Okay, episode 21, the Sunday night episode. Uh, Nina and Jerry start their isolation time as they exchange notes about the previous tribal council. Jerry tells George he has lost trust in him. At the immunity challenge, Matt beats Simon by seconds. Despite Jerry constantly saying he will flip, he doesn't, and Nina and Simon receive three votes each, and Simon is sent home on a revote. Uh, episode 22, the Monday night episode. The castaways are given coffee and muffins because reasons. Uh, Matt and Jerry want Nina out. Liz and Nina want Matt out, making George the swing vote. At the challenge, Liz wins immunity. At Tribal Council, George ultimately sides with Jerry and Matt, sending Nina home in a three-to-two vote. And that is your quick recap with Mac. Mac, that was bloody quick. Probably that is that is as quick as, that is as quick as you get. It was. Is that I think that's faster than Usain Bolt. That's how quick it was. <laughs> that is. Probably the slowest because, we've had all season. Uh, little, very little happened, and I guess that's the uh, the product of the non non elimination twist from last week. We're going to sort of get a repeated episode, which is pretty much what happened in that um, second episode. But you know, still, still, slow survivor was still good survivor, I guess. Yeah, definitely. Like um, they're trying to keep us entertained. It's still like we still enjoyed both episodes. We lost two great players. Um, I guess I'd just love to hear from you, Adam. What is your thoughts on this season as a whole? So, yeah, obviously I'm 
echoing the common sentiment around Australian Survivor being that this is probably one of the best seasons I've seen. It's definitely in the top, say, top half or top third of seasons. I have always struggled with the format of Australian Survivor because I find that I, I err on the side of it being quite a bloated show at the best of times. Uh, but I think this season, every minute has been very captivating even with a lopsided edit that has become sort of typical with Australian Survivor, I feel like I am just enthralled by, I mean, obviously, let's be honest, the big characters like George, obviously, Simon and Nina as well, who've left this week, even Sean, Hayley. Um, there's so many names this season of, of big players that have come back and really um, given us good TV. And ultimately, I land on the side of if it's good TV, that's what makes a good season. No, definitely. We've had we've had Mac bring up that it, this is his favourite season ever. And whoa, 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 whoa! Did I say that? Yeah, Ooh, yeah, you said that's, that. That's a yeah, big callback. Cool. Is this the best season ever? And you tried to con me into it, mate. I think at the time we were probably high on the um, the best tribal ever, and we might have said some things we might regret. But let's let's, let's reassess after the finale, and and we can yeah. we can really rank it perhaps then. Or maybe we've gone off. No, I I just I just wanted to bring up like you. So you brought that up a few weeks ago, and I said, look, we really need to see this end of the post merge game. And unfortunately, in Australian Survivor, the best Australian Survivor games are boring fucking games. And exactly. that's where we're at at the moment. Because they're we so long. In, we're in a boring yeah. game. Like, yeah. in American Survivor, they knock out the final five in one episode. We've still got... We're only and- in the final four, and we've still got another episode to get through before we have a long-ass episode at the end. And I think this is where Australian Survivor could really learn a lesson. Like, like you know, uh, there's always talk of the non-alims and the value of them and do we like this one, do we hate this one. Ultimately, I still land on just put two more players in the mix and have no non-alims. And that way, at least, you can um, have every episode be a vote-off because you're so determined to have Tribal Council be this big set piece, right? And what does it matter if there's two more people pre-merge that you don't know about or don't care about who aren't relevant in a few years' time? Sorry to anyone that's ever pre-merged. Like, for the most part, you're pretty forgettable. There's a few ones that come back. But, you know, that's where I land. I just... uh, well, yeah, we got Simon. We got Simon came back. Like, imagine if uh, that we forgot about Simon. That would have been horrible. Well, I think if you had two more players, Simon would still shine, right? Like, if you yeah, casted exactly. two oh, well, more people, probably, yeah. it wouldn't be a case of... Because Simon, and and I'm sure you guys land similarly on this, I, I do really rate Simon as a player, and, and I'm sure we'll delve into that a little bit more. I think I think um, the end game of Survivor can be so interesting... Um, but but you're right. It's that bloated end that can really impact on the season. And also, I don't know where you guys land on this, but I also place a lot of stock in who wins the season as to whether or not it leaves that legacy. Like, obviously, yeah. if the person you want or who plays the best game, and that is an objective subjective term at the best of times, but who, someone who plays the best game wins, it does really colour my expectations of the season and my ranking as yeah. we move forward. So That's- you were a big fan of All-Stars? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, I liked All-Stars. I, I just felt it was so obvious that David was winning from yeah. day one. Um, I, I compare Survivor All-Stars to Redemption Island a lot. Yeah. Um, and also I feel uh, my problem with um, 
Survivor All Stars was those tribe configurations really ruined the game. Like, like that original Makuta was doomed to fail from the start. And, um, you know, I am a huge fan of Henry. I feel Henry got short thrifted being put on a tribe with people that were not going to work with him that had it out for him from day one. So, um, yeah, I like All Stars, but it doesn't, in a few years' time, I don't think it's going to register in terms of like my favourite seasons ever. I still think the best Australian Survivor season is 2017. Yeah, yeah no, I, definitely. Something I wanted to bring up, uh, you've just brought up now, is, is does does the winner of a season mm. really make a huge difference? Like, I guess for me, it can a, a good winner can elevate a bad season. But if it's the other way around, let's pretend George does not win this season, right? If Matt wins or Jerry yeah. wins, are we, we going to look back and think we didn't like this season? Because through pretty much, I'm going to say 20 out of the 22 episodes, I've been captivated. It's been honestly some of the best viewing you'll ever see. And for me, it it doesn't really matter how it finishes. Because I've gone, you know, what, seven, eight weeks now, and I've enjoyed every moment of it. So does it really make a huge difference? I think in this instance it really doesn't because, for me, I, I land with you on this, um, Mac, where it's it has been so captivating from start to finish and it's been really consistent. So I think where it errs a little bit more is if it was more inconsistent, like if there were really good episodes and then a lot of really – padded bad episodes that's where i think that winner could make a difference but i look at this final four and i can see something within each and every one of them maybe less so jerry but i i could be happy with a liz win i could be happy with a matt win because they're fun characters they also seem like fun people you'd want to be around and so i can i can reconcile it but but if like if it was george and three of the meat tray or some of the meat tray like if david zaharakis was in the final four uh, maybe I would feel a little bit more perturbed if he ended up winning. Yeah, I mean, if he's in the final four, we'd probably see a bit more from him and probably get a bit more of his game. Like, Absolutely. Matt, Matt hasn't... We haven't seen lots of Matt, but we've probably seen enough to understand him as a character and, and probably the other two as well, Jerry and Liz. We probably have seen enough to understand who they are, what sort of motivates them, what type of player they are. And and to, for me, that's enough. Like, people, a lot of people complaining this week, like, why are they not taking out George and that? We're not seeing enough of these other games if they're to win. But it's like... If, if, if one of these people win, I've seen plenty enough to, to understand it. They were never dominant, but they were always on George's coattails, which is a fine way to play if it pays off. And for one of these three, I mean, I believe George will not win this season. So for one of these three, just just being on the back of George, it's going to pay off. So it's, without doubt, a good move for all these people. Oh, 100%. I know some people love to say, like, you know, well, yeah, why aren't we getting rid of them? It's such a casual take as well. I feel like, so I, I don't know if you guys have experienced this with your casual friends, but a lot of friends who've gotten into Survivor this season or during lockdown message me as kind of like, you know, this idiot savant. Um, and they ask me, like, why isn't he taking, why are they taking George out? And I say, like, yeah, no, no, this is the play. The play is clearly they want to chop him at final four or final three. We still don't know if it's a, if it's a final three or final two uh but either or and then whoever chops george will get all the credit all the glory and and win the season right and even if we even if we look over to uh heroes versus villains the american season the season a lot is about why russell lost yes it's not like yes we um no one was able to cut him but uh, sandra won because she was trying to at least cut him that is true. She she never stopped cutting, wanting to cut right. Russell. But it's so funny because, I mean, if we... And there's a lot of parallels and people have drawn a lot of parallels with the original Heroes versus Villains. If you were to put someone in that Sandra spot, who would it be like? Would it be Simon? Because Simon's kind of always... 
I think if you look at the voting record, was Simon's probably the one who voted the most for George post-merge, I want to say. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, but he would always try and take that shot, sometimes not. Um, but and, and you see in Jury Villa, if Simon had made it to the end with George, maybe they would have awarded it to Simon. But then would you have a, had this massive outcry from superfans and casuals alike that Simon beat George? Maybe you would have. I think, yeah, I think you, you definitely would have. So yeah, I think I think the the fans will cry regardless of what they see on the TV. Like all over oh, the, the fan pages this week, it's all been about oh you know all these pawns and George. It's like no one can be happy with just how good the season's been. I swear, like they don't need like taking out George is not the be all and end all. I understand he's been great, but like I, in my head, there's no chance he wins this game because he can't get the final tribal. And if I can see that, I don't understand why everyone else can't. And like. There's been so much uproar. Like, why is George still in the game? Well, it's because he's a great player. Because he's, he's built these genuine relationships with with Jerry and Matt, and they've carried him a long way. Like, they're carrying each other to a point. Like, they're they're carrying George right now, whereas he carried them probably early emerge. So it's a it's a it's a two way street. And um, I just think there's there's too much complaining about about maybe like one or two slower episodes when the whole season has been great. That's sort of my overall take. Yeah, I oh, yeah, actually. I I actually, I actually have a theory to how George makes it to the end, which we will discuss in depth later. Ooh, um, I have one theory. It's the only thing, and I've put hours of thought into trying it. Probably not hours. <laughs> That's probably an exaggeration, but I've put a lot of thought into how the fuck George gets to the end. We have George with 145 confessionals at the moment. That's Jesus. David numbers, Okay. The next mm. highest confessional still in the game is Matt on 34. It's crazy. Liz is 31. Jerry's 20. Okay. Obviously, we talked about the crossovers between American heroes versus villains and Sandra won trying to get Russell out. The season was more about how Russell lost. This is, in theory, we believe George isn't going to win. This is about how George lost. And the winner is the person that takes out George, correct? I think so, but it's less so about how George lost because if we're comparing George and Russell, George on the way out is still earning a lot of the respect from the players. And you you compare it to his Brains versus Brawn game where it wasn't necessarily a case of, I think it was pretty early on apparent that the jury was never going to vote for George. Um, whereas this jury, I think, is way more open. And, he, you know, he himself has always been these confessionals about, I've learned my social game from players like Shawnee or from players like maybe from his original season. And that's how he's adapted his game to be one of the best survival games I've seen on Australian Survivor. So I think it's maybe less so about how George lost in a negative jury sense, but more, oh, it's sad that George lost because he just doesn't have the challenge strength to maybe win that challenge that he needs to in that clutch moment to, to secure a final three or final two spot. No, definitely, definitely. That That is very well put. I uh, actually, we might as well start actually talking about the season a little bit. I have heard George mention puzzles so many bloody times in this season, and we have not seen one post-merge. Does George win the puzzle at final four? I was just going to say, like, I think that the take on this puzzle thing is, like, I still feel like there's not a lot of leeway on what actually constitutes a puzzle, right? So are we saying that, like, the domino thing is a puzzle? No, definitely not. clearly not, not, right? No. Yeah. 
So definitely not. But if he if he's wanting like a puzzle puzzle, like you do an obstacle course and there's a puzzle at the end for an individual immunity challenge, I feel like Australian Survivor, and I might be wrong on this, you guys probably have better knowledge than I do, has really never, ever done that, um, especially this late in the game. Yeah, I don't think they like the... I don't think they find it as good television because I guess like the, the audience of the Australian Survivor is very different to the US and like... They're not, those casual fans don't want to see someone just do a puzzle because it's not that exciting. Um, so they want these big yeah. epic challenges. And I think like they've, they've been pretty innovative this year with a lot of new challenges we've never seen before, which has been great to watch. Even that the one with the, the, the one they did this week with the dominoes and the circle. The, that was cool. I thought yeah, that was, that was very, awesome. Very interesting, yeah. Um, but I don't think they're going to put a puzzle towards the end. Like it's just, it's just not Australian Survivor. And if they did, like you said, there'd be a huge obstacle course, which you know Matt and Liz would probably get a good lead on and... George is not going to have enough time to do this puzzle and, and catch up, I don't think. Yeah, definitely. They do like, and in Australian Survivor, uh, they like that ball timing challenge. It's a big yeah, one. Oh, yeah, time, putting a ball on something, balancing a ball, it's always about balancing a ball. Or I also think as well, like, I don't know if this is that controversial, but I don't think George is, like, that good at puzzles compared to other players <laughs> in Australian Survivor. Like, if you actually look at his record, particularly in the pre-merge part of the game, when he was put on puzzles, he wasn't always guaranteed a win. I feel like his um, record has actually gone down this season compared to Brains versus Braun, where he actually kind of kept his Brains tribe safe single-handedly a lot. Yeah. Yeah, no, I completely agree. He's a bit of a myth, I think. I think I think Brains versus Braun, he, Braun he, he was the one that solved that like brain teaser, that huge brain teaser they did. I think since then, everyone's like, oh, George is great at puzzles. But I don't think we've seen it that much. Like, I think it's just more of like a, he hypes himself up and it becomes like a a self-fulfilling prophecy that is just not true. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, I I still remember him versus Stevie this season or trying to direct Stevie and that being an absolute shambles. So, yeah, yeah. yeah, I do think it's more of a myth than anything else. But maybe it's not even a myth, and that's probably the reason why they've kept him around, because they know that there's not a single challenge that George could conceivably get that would ensure that he would win to yeah. make it to the end. And I genuinely believe that. And I mean that as no disrespect to George. Like, I think he's played a phenomenal game. But it's that gap in his game that he can't address, no matter how many times you go to the gym pre-pre pre, uh, yeah. coming out for a second time. Yeah, he definitely he definitely put the work in in between. And oh, you'd sort of wonder if, it's, if he's even a little bit disheartened because of how bad he's done in challenges. He is the first or second one out every challenge almost. He did win his KFC reward with Haley, and he said that was a great moment. He won a challenge, and, you know, it was a physical-style challenge. Yeah, so true. He's got something to hang his hat on, but, yeah, I just... He's, he's, he's but the amount of work that you put in, like going to the gym is not just... It's not just reading a book to up your strategy. It's not just that. You're doing something an hour a day minimum for a long period of time. Like, it's a huge thing for him to have come out, and, yes, he did win the KFC Challenge, but I'd... It'd, it'd be a little bit of a struggle for him, I'd, I'd believe. Yeah, I mean, but he, he's, if you, let's compare him to Simon, right? George has been going to the gym for, what, one year since Brain vs. Born? Simon's yeah. been doing this, like, his whole life and dedicated his whole life yeah. to it. So you're not going to make up that gap in a year. I'm sorry. You're not. Oh. And you're not making that gap up against an Olympian like Liz or a lifeguard like Matt, who okay. it's their profession or former profession to be that fit. Um, but then I guess you make the argument... Did George choose correct in picking these people or did he kind of go with these people because that's who he had the most influence with? And I think it's more the latter, right? Like, honestly, if you're looking at the merge and you're trying to pick three people that will lose to George in a challenge, you're not picking Liz, Matt and Jerry. You might pick Jerry, but you're not picking Liz and Matt. 
Uh, the truth is, if you look back on the people that have been voted out in this merge, everyone is pretty strong. Is just yeah. as good. Everyone is just yeah. as good as the people that we have in front. Nina would have probably have been the most lacking, in my mind. Yeah, Nina and yeah. Shani, you'd say. Yeah. Haley's well, got... Yeah. Yeah, you'd say Nina and Shani because, yeah, David, Flick, Sam, all physically fit players. Sean, sure. physically fit. So it's just by virtue of maybe this format and heroes, like a lot of physically fit heroes making it to the merge, that the road ahead was so uh, harsh for George to make it to this point. But I still commend him for making it to this point. Obviously, it's incredible that he has. Definitely. Yeah. Okay, okay, boys, i got my theory. I want to bring my theory forward. Okay, can you hear Thank it you. out? Can you hear it out, please? Because this is been, there's a lot of effort put in. Okay. Right. Final four, Matt goes home. Okay. <laughs> this is, no, no, this is, so he, him, uh, George and Liz versus Jerry and Matt. Somehow Matt goes home. This is the only foreseeing, foreseeable way I can see George having a chance at winning. Endurance right. challenge. Do we remember the last endurance challenge? Matt and Jerry were at the end, and they went to one foot. Yeah. Liz was out right after George. Liz was good at the strength endurance, but as a basic standing, handling the pain endurance challenge, Jerry might be the front runner going into that between the three. Jerry's not taking... As long as George can somehow work out not pissing Jerry off, getting Matt out... Jerry takes George over Matt, over Liz. Hit me with your thoughts. Tell me. Okay. Criticise it. Come for, on, rip for it apart. Off, for Matt to go, so Liz has to win that first immunity. So then, yeah. so yeah. then Jerry only can really vote for Matt because I think he's more loyal to George than Matt. So yeah, I can see the first part of that. I, I'll I'll give you Matt going home at yeah. four if you want, right? Yeah. And you're saying Jerry wins. I want. I want. Okay, I'll give it to you. You're gonna have <laughs> Matt, Matt's Matt's come four. Jerry, Liz, yeah. George, final three. You're saying Jerry wins yeah. the challenge. Is it believable? I mean, I wouldn't have picked him, but fine. And you're saying he picks the player he knows is going to beat him over someone he might have a chance against. That's what you're telling us. He has been running this loyalty crap this entire season. I genuinely foresee it. And can I say on Jerry, he is like... We still saw these signs from day one. If you look at his bio, he learned from Tarzan. Like he is playing Tarzan, a Tarzan game, and I mean that in the in the most disparaging way possible, right? So you're absolutely right. Like I could totally foresee Jerry saying, "I'm going to go to the end with George." Like, I mean, we'll talk about it. But the mentor mentee analogy this week, one of the worst analogies I've ever seen. But it shows you he's indebted to George. He feels like he's indebted to George, and he thinks he can beat him. Yeah, if if George is his mentor to Jerry, Jerry he must take the advice of the mentor and not take someone who can beat him. Surely George has taught him something. <laughs> but but then you hear Jerry just pumping George up like a motherfucker at Jerry. Yeah, like that that speech has done everything to George and nothing to Jerry. If they did sit next to each other at the end, it has killed Jerry's game. Oh, well, I argue that Jerry is playing the the perfect goat game, and I know people love to say, "Oh, you can't call people goats." No, I will call anyone a goat when I see one, and that's um, like get the music because blah blah blah. Like it's a goat, right? Feel free it's to a goat. on this podcast. You can call whoever you want a goat, mate. That's fine. 
here's the thing. I think with that speech, Good. that whole um, why am I a pawn? He's my mentor speech. I think that's the moment where Jerry became a hundred percent non-winner of the game. He can't win because he said this right. He just exactly because of the perception of the jury. It's 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 hugely important in how like the two finalists or three finalists, whatever, pitch themselves. If 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 the perception from the jury is different to what the players are telling them, you're not going to get a vote. You sort of have to tell the jury what they want to hear and how they how they perceive you. You have to sort of relay that back to them and say, look, like we discussed Simon last week and how he understood he was playing a bad game and he knew he was on the bottom and all these things he tried just didn't come off. And he knew that. And he, he said that would be my pitch to the jury to say how bad I've been. But for Jerry to pitch almost the opposite, like I've been really good, I've been making moves with George and that, it's completely the opposite of what the jury is thinking. And it, it just, you, you'll get no votes doing that. You need to really uh, align your thoughts with the jury's thoughts, I think. Agreed. Um, Jerry, I, I, I'll just bring it back to like how Jerry handled isolation with Nina. Yes. And let's be serious, that would have been so infuriating for Nina. She didn't seem it. We didn't we didn't get that on the TV. But she was talking at Jerry and asking Jerry questions. He was then responding to the questions. There was no back and forth. He not oh. one time did we see Jerry actually start a conversation or talk to Nina in anything but answering her question, even if it was truthful. And this would be, you're absolutely right, uh, Buckles. Like, this is the most frustrating thing as a player. When you're at the bottom and no one is open to a flip, like, what can you do in that instance? Like, the only thing you can do is conceivably look for an idol. So Nina, like, to her credit, great at hiding her frustrations, but I know in that moment I would have been fuming and be like, you you fool, can't you see? Like, Simon fell victim to it too, calling him a pawn, right? And not in the best way possible. Like, I don't think calling him a pawn was ever going to get him on side, but... But maybe it's that point of frustration where you try and explain something rationally to someone and they're still off with the fairies and off in their own little dream world thinking that they're the hero of their own story. Yeah, but it's like that classic sort of like, oh, nobody's playing the game sort of mentality that the people on the bottom will always think. You think, oh, you, you're not making the move I want you to do, so you're not playing the game at all. That's how, And I don't well, I don't agree with that, to be honest. Like, Jerry keeping George around, we've sort of said it a few times now, like, it's not a bad strategy mm. if, if he cuts him before no. the end. So. I don't blame Jerry for not hearing Nina, but so what, what we saw was Jerry, you know, eventually Matt came over to Nina and Jerry and they're sort of talking about, oh, we're going to get George. Do you think Jerry was just lying to Nina about it or was he actually thinking about it? There was genuine, he was definitely hurt there. Like no matter what you say, like he says it to George's face. And that's the one thing we can give to Jerry is he's straight up guy. He says it to George's face. I have, I have lost trust with you guys. So he is definitely hurt. I genuinely think there was, uh, like, like very deep Jerry thought. It was very basic, and he just ended up going with what he knows. Better the devil you know than the devil you don't know. And he had Matt, and Matt did not seem like we we saw last week. Matt looked like he was going to flip. The truth is, I I actually sort of believed he was. It was genuinely an edit throw together. I was completely wrong. Matt was never going to flip. He just said a few sound bites that made the t- made Australian Survivor make a look that producers could use to make it look like he was going to flip. Jerry oh, actually had those sound bites this week because he was genuinely hurt, but not hurt enough to ruin his game. George played it really, really well. George listened in on conversations, so he would have absorbed um, 
it would have absorbed Intel and then gone back to Jerry and knowing exactly what Jerry was pissed off about, he would have apologized for it. He was asking Jerry what he needed. He was absolutely kissing Jerry's ass. You're my number one, Jerry. And Jerry just fell for it. Yeah, I get, yeah you're absolutely right. I mean, it, it does make sense. I, I think um, ultimately Jerry is that, yeah, is that kind of player where you can burn him a little, like, it seems like you can continually burn these people. And George has done this to both Liz and Jerry. He's not voted with them on a couple of critical votes that have really messed up those both of their games, like getting rid of allies and, and all that. Yet they can still kind of come back to George and realise that their best lot is ultimately with him, regardless of how much chaos and trauma he's caused them. Yeah, well, Tony, like look at Tony's game in Kageon. He just, he uses Wu and he just jumps, bang, 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 keeping everyone on his side, pissing them off, every second tribal council. But they just know that they need that person. They, he's made himself irreplaceable as Mm. the person that they need to get to the end. Yeah, I think it's just because of George and who he is and his personality. And he's just being a returning player. He's a figurehead of their vigilante alliance. And he, he, we said it before, like, every vote that happens, he's the one that dictates where the numbers go, how to split a vote properly. So maybe, like, it's just like a safety net for, like, Matt and Jerry. Like, they need George just to steer the ship for them, just so they can cruise to the end. And, and like, that's what we're seeing. Yeah, and not to mention how good, like, George just uses this so well. Like, he knows how to play them. He's kept a lot of them divided this entire time. He's kept Liz and Nina voting Jerry and Matt, and then Jerry and Matt voting Liz and Liz or Nina, well, mostly Nina, sort of thing. And he's just kept them just that li- uh, separated enough this entire time. Even we saw he uses Matt, and Nina brings this up to Jerry, he uses Matt to tell Jerry the plan. He doesn't say it because he knows that Jerry has more faith in Matt, that Matt's telling the truth at least. Yeah, I thought it was um, smart of Nina to actually notice that. And like, she could see like she's trying everything to get Jerry to flip and like, oh, look, like George is, he's just trying to use you. He's trying to, everything he's saying, he's just trying to make you feel better. And, you know, and um, she did a pretty good job. But yeah, like George has played it perfectly. Having, when you're in like, a, I guess an alliance or whatever, you need to have, an opposition, and he sort of kept, like you said, people at, at different sides of the alliance to sort of fight against each other. So he's never the target; he's always in between the two of them, and it's it's just masterful strategy, really. Like this is this is Survivor One Hundred and One, and he's just doing it so well. And so this many is, people this. in that merge spot or in that fulcrum spot between two alliances take the pa- let the power get to their head, and like infamously go home when it's like someone says, "Well, let's just vote out the swing vote." And you could have, so many times it could have happened to George this season, and there's other examples of him being a critical swing boat, but it just doesn't because he doesn't let the power get to his head because he just knows how to effectively manage people. Um, talking about people that don't effectively manage people, can we, can we have a bit of a chat about Simon? Maybe let's, can we have a bit of a eulogy for him? I'll start. I mean, I eulogise him as the Charlie... I mean, I think he's the Charlie Brown of the season. It's like I can't point to someone who's had so much bad things go wrong for them. Actually, maybe there's, um, you know, with American Survivor, this guy Matt, uh, and I don't know if people are following Matt, he's had a few things go wrong to him pre-merge too. But, like, it's a pretty similar sort of vein, right? I can't point to another player who's had every vote go wrong. They've always been on the outs. But he's pushed through because... Ultimately, like he's yeah, he's the cockroach from Brisbane instead of from Bankstown, right? Um, yeah, 
But I, I've loved it. I think he's brought such a light air and enthusiasm to the game. So, like, if I had gone through all the stuff that he'd gone through, I'd be a bloody mess out there. I would, I would be a dour bitch. So, for him to come out with a smile on his face is a testament to him. Mate, he's got the willpower of a saint. Like, he just keeps going, keeps going, and, like, he, he used everything he had in his arsenal. Like, I bring it up, I brought it up last week. He always had fucking food in his hand. He was always eating. Good on him. Good on him. If that's all you got, you eat. You eat. And it was it was awesome. It was awesome to watch. He is, uh, like, his missus, she's got it going on. Because he is such a <laughs> uplifting person. Like, he really is. Like, he it's, it seems to see the light, even if there it's is none. It's really hard because you want to hate someone who's that attractive, right? Like, you want to look at that man and be like, oh, he's so attractive and be like, God, he must be an asshole to be around. But clearly he's not. Like, by all accounts from everyone I've talked to who's had the pleasure of meeting Simon, he is such a genuine, fun person to be around. And I do think it's interesting. Like, I don't know if this is true, but he just reminds me of, like, I don't want to say, that, like, a reformed, like, former fat kid or something like that but he has that kind of energy right like he's someone who maybe discovered bodybuilding i know he discovered it at like his his teenage years and has really built his body up and through it all has had this sunny disposition and this confidence and this newfound confidence but i think it's in a way that's never veered into arrogance or rarely does veer into arrogance and um yeah it's been it's, it's humble been a joy to humble watch. humble is i think the word for it because mate if i was as attractive as him i would struggle not showing that shit off and just floating that over everyone. Yeah, I think it's also, I don't know if you guys have watched this Drew Villa. Um, it's worth watching. It was very, like, emotional. Of course. And you can see, like... Oh, and he must get it. He must, yeah. Sorry, you can see, like, how much of a fan he really is of the game and how proud he was of himself just to get this far and, like, why he could never really get a footing. I think just that love of the of just Survivor in general and just love being on the show and every chance he had, he would he would take it and do whatever he could with it. Just that in, in, in itself got him got him as far as it did, and watching his his Drew Villa, it was emotional. Like he was, he was he stood in the mirror and he said how proud of himself he was, and it was like, oh, this is cool. Like I relate to that, I guess. Like having, you know, if you ever get on, like having that chance to do whatever you can in the game and take it with both hands, and he did that pretty well. And on that, um, you know, Mac, he talked a lot about the Survivor bucket list, and I think like he really felt like he had quote-unquote unfinished business coming back, right? And for him to so vastly improve his placement, be a big character, like, I mean, let's be honest, he will be considered for another series if he wants it too. Like, he's really ticked off all that he needs there. The only thing left is to win. But, I mean, he won the car. There's a curse around that too. Like, I mean, ultimately, uh, and, you know, I love that he mentioned this, I think, on a social media post. Like, he... He's someone, I think, who made a career change. He used to work in media and marketing, probably was earning quite a good nick and has thrown that all away to pursue a passion in carpentry. Like, I think this is a guy that's really come into this game with a lot of enthusiasm and vigour because he's such a fan of the show. Um, And, yeah, ultimately, that's what resonates with me as a super fan and I think it resonates with a lot of other super fans watching him on the show. And I think a lot of casuals watching at home just kind of dismissed him as this big lug head and this big jock who just wants to row down with other jocks. But ultimately, once we saw Simon evolve past that point, I think it, it just became a lot more endearing to watch. Yeah, definitely, mate. His contradicting edit, like at the start of the season, he's the jock. 
he's the arsehole. He's ripping into George and being just flat out rude. Yeah. And then into what we're seeing now, I, I, I'm sure there's Simon haters out there, but there's not going to be many. There seriously isn't. He, I would hope by the end. He was so entertaining. Yeah, I would hope by the end people kind of got what he was about and uh, were like, like, you can't hate on that, like, that enthusiasm. And, yeah, like, that. and I'm sure you're right, like, Mac talking about how emotional he was in that Juryville. Like, his enthusiasm is palpable. Like, he just has a love for the game. And that's ultimately what I want to see from players. Like, I, want, I don't want people on the show who don't care if they get voted out. Like, care if you get voted out, be grateful of your appearance and be grateful of your time. There's so many um, players who get given this opportunity, don't seek it out, get given it, and just treat it like it's just another TV show. And I don't ever want... I, I want to see less and less of those players on Australian Survivor as we move on in the future. Oh, 100%. I think I think because Survivor's in such a unique show compared to most other reality shows. Like, it's been around for 20, what, 23 years. There's, like, 60-plus international seasons you can watch. It's such, like, a like a huge superfan community. And... Um, uh, yeah, like you said, it's it's almost like disrespectful when the players that get cast on it don't know about it and, and its history and like how big a deal it is to a lot of people watching. And I think Simon definitely understood yeah. that. And, and you say like tick off his bucket list, all he needs to do is win. I feel like someone like Simon, he doesn't need the win to, to have completed Survivor. Like yeah. I think just getting 100%. the credit from the um, from the community, like having having that credit and people knowing, yeah, okay, he's a, he's a good player, he can play this game and being like a good character, like there's no point in winning Okay, this is how I see it, like, as a fan, if I ever got on, I would be happily not to win if you remembered as, like, a great player who was entertaining, who 100%. did the moves. Whereas if you won and were boring, I feel like that's, like, it's not even worth going on the show. Yeah, look, definitely. And, like, George, we're going to, if George doesn't win, which we're assuming he's not going to, um, he's still going to be an absolutely awesome player. Simon, his archetype is as bad as it gets. We look at past winners in Australian Survivor. For the Australian Survivor franchise, we look at past women, winners. Christy, Bader, Jericho, Bader. Uh, we got Shane, Bader, uh, oh. Pia, Bader. Then we got David. David, yes, he is a jock. He's an alpha. However, he played such a submissive game a lot of mm. the time. He did, he mm. did play in those subtle moves, those, those Haley-like moves. But a lot of that time, he was in this group. He got sick at one stage, which I genuinely believe won him the game. Because he, it's shades it, of Tyson getting so, that um, thing early. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. I, like I, I, of, yeah. yeah. Tyson, I, I completely agree. I think Tyson won the game. I think Tyson would have got voted out right after the merge in um, Blood versus Water because of how good he is in Blood Challenges. Water. Yeah. Yeah. Um, David. He, him getting sick, getting that spider bite, just lessened his threat level. Then we look at Haley, comes out, guns guns blazing, gets voted out, has to settle it down, has to calm it down and play that more subtle game at the end. And she worked it out. She was smart enough to work it out and win. Mark completely closed himself off. I've met Mark. He is a big dude. He would have had he would have had to spend every waking moment making himself smaller, and we've we've heard about it in his deep dive. Simon isn't this person. Simon is not this person. He's not a Mark. He's not a David. He is the big guy in the in the group. He has to be. 
He's talked about... And you're right. He probably can't minimise himself to that level that David or um, or uh, Mark can, right? And that's maybe been the struggle and probably why he couldn't really push through. And, and, and look, let's be honest, Simon had to win out like, yeah. and, and he put himself in that spot. And even then, he had to prove that his fuck-up game was the winning game. If he won yeah. out and still got there with George, he never got his man... Like we still, there's still a good reason that George beat Simon. Yeah, I mean it's not a given though, and that's and that's oh, what's not a given. No, yeah. Well, yeah, it's not a given uh, with this jury, unfortunately. But it, yeah, I, I think that's really intriguing seeing that like that kind of dichotomy. And uh, and again, it speaks to I, you know I say this a lot with Australian Survivor, just just by virtue of the fact that it is such a long game. Um, you are just going to get you, – you cannot from start to finish be in control. Um, even though David would like to have thought he was in control, I agree. He just was not um, driving a lot of those moves. He didn't really have a stake in who went home every week. Um, I don't think he was like, oh, I have to get rid of this person. Whereas um, I, to George's credit in comparison, George is actively – you know, yes, he hasn't – he's had times where he's not got rid of his target, but for the most part, he's been pretty bang on in getting rid of his targets before they try and get rid of him. Yeah, I'd argue, like, every tribal councillor he went to, he knew exactly what was happening. And, like, that's that just shows the dominance right there. Like, I don't remember one there where he didn't get his target. Like, he's he's been in control the whole game, and we've never seen this from anyone ever in any survivor I can think of um, to control, like, the whole game up until final final four now. And I think, I mean, I guess this is the part of the game where you can't control, where you need to you need to win a challenge to have the power. And, like, as we've been saying, this might be the undoing of him. Look, I um, he hasn't had complete control. He's had a few side... Oh, not side, not side swipes. What's the word? Roadblocks. That's what I'm looking for. He's had a few roadblocks. Like, he had Haley flip the vote from Sean to Simon. He's, like, a few, like, little things in there that... Um, has made him struggle. Obviously, him flipping his vote to Nina, we saw the outcry from that this week. It has... it. I, we, you, couldn't, you couldn't call it a perfect game, but he's definitely played a good game and a fucking amazing game and had a control for 95% of the game. Yeah, I mean, if, if, this, would, is he, perfect, if this is not a perfect game, well, what is? Like, yeah, I've never absolutely. seen a perfect game like this. Please. Mate, there's people. a reason it's called a perfect game. There's mm. no perfect game. I mean, this is as close as you'll find to the perfect game. Kim Spradlin. Kim Spradlin. Kim Spradlin or or Boston Robin Redemption Island, I guess. But if if we're technically defining a perfect game, right, is it you've never gotten a vote against you, you always vote for the boot? Because that's incredibly hard, right? I don't agree with that. I don't need to see that. I know that that's what they call the perfect game. I feel that you've just played a really good beta game. Yeah, that's right, yeah. That's, well, that's, I believe that's Kim didn't mind. get a vote. Well, Spradley yeah. didn't get a vote. I, I don't think Boston Look, Rob got votes either. No, Boston yeah. Boston Rob definitely got votes. I think um, yeah. Kim Kim Spradlin, I'm not sure, but if she didn't get a vote, she, to me, she is the she, that is the perfect game. Well, we got John Cochran. He didn't get a vote in um, fans versus favorites too, but I wouldn't call his the perfect game. No, that was. Pretty pretty middle middle of the road, but like I mean, a great game to watch. One of my favorite. Oh, definitely, winners, definitely but, yeah. Um, but yeah, you're probably right, and, and I've always I agree with you, uh, Buckles. That like for me, like Spradlin, really singularly for such a bad season. If oh, you're yeah. looking at like an archetype of how to play the perfect game, whatever that may mean, 
you would look at Kim and, and study her pretty closely, right? And definitely. And we can always say, like, the some of the best winners most of the time come from a boring season because they have dominated Absolutely. so much. The one good thing about this season that I cannot refute is, yes, it has been a very boring last two weeks, in my mind. But I have still been entertained to a point. It's still given me that what if. I'm still screaming at my TV. And everything up until these last two weeks has been awesome. Been absolutely amazing. And been movie-worthy editing. Australian Survivor has really listened to its fan base, or at least the big names like Shannon Gus, etc. They have put effort in. They've brought in... Uh, They've brought in some people from Survivor South Africa to help out. It's them; they're making this better and better. And yes, this post, this late post merge, has gotten a little bit boring. But that's mm. just showing how good of a game George has played. That he will get I, to the. I'll final be honest. Break. I don't think there's an episode twenty-one or twenty-two. And it's interesting that I am on this week, but I don't think there's really an episode twenty-one or twenty-two in all the eight seasons of Australian Survivor that have stood out to me as, like, must-watch episodes, to be quite honest. Maybe there's a few... Luke, with like a Luke, oh, no, Luke's, Luke's yeah, uh, the Luke 23. Boom. No, Luke's 23, so... Exactly. Right? 23 yeah. is always, like, the Fallen Angel episode, right, before the finale. Sometimes, if if we get that Fallen Angel... Yeah, we get that lucky, someone, yeah. <laughs> yes, right? Uh, but, like, it is tough. Um, but, and I'm so curious to see what they do next week because, ultimately, if it is a final three... There's some non-elim shenanigans nah, that have to happen. It's a, it's got to be a final two. I think Jackie getting booted out ruined it. In my mind, it is ninety-nine percent a final two. I cannot see them bringing in a final three. But at, I put it to you game. that they want a final three because they still want the option of George in the in to only have to win one challenge instead of two, right? Uh, yeah, maybe, I guess. But I think it's been mentioned, like, several times by the players about Final Two. Like, who's taking someone to the Final Two? So, I think that in itself, the players must know it's a Final Two. Like, Matt yeah, said been, a few times. George has, I think, commented on Matt saying it. So, I, I'm going to assume it's Final Two, yeah. I'll be curious. I, I, I'm going to I'm gonna still bet it's a Final Three and, and be a bit contrarian, and we'll oh, see yeah, as well. Why not? But, why not? Yeah. Why not? Well, yeah. is, with I'll, that, I'll, I'll, I'll go, yeah, mate. Okay. Yeah. If it's a final three, can we? Is it not only? Is that perhaps just the reunion episode? Is there a reunion on Monday instead of a, another episode? No, 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 no. No, I'm Monday is it. Monday is definitely the finale. But I think yeah. what you might see, uh, if I had to speculate, is either I don't know, like a power, like a maybe a juror vote off, yeah. something like that. Because what? How many do we have on the jury if it's a final we, three? If we, we have, if it's a final three, we've got eight on the jury. If it's a final two, we've got nine on the jury. So they can't, they okay. can't, they can't change it. No, no, they won't. No, they no, won't they... make it a seven three, and they won't make it an eight for two. Correct. Well, they so, can't. They, no. Well, they don't so, need to make it an eight for two because um, there's no non-elim needed for a two, right? But they could make it a seven for the three, possibly. Uh, has that um, ever happened? And, and I can't think of that on Sunday night. Yeah, no, I just... I'm, no, I'm but again, sorry, this is man. Australian Survivor is. And, and we had an isolation. We had a... Well, it is. And we had an isolation. I love when... You know, actually, just a quick aside. I love when people say, this is the show they're on. Um, you know, when they're trying to make an argument. Like, this is Australian Survivor. Like, <laughs> right. This no is shit. the franchise. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is married at first sight. We marry people at first sight here. Like, yeah, exactly. Is that what they do on that show? Shit, I didn't know. 
well, or, or you know, they say this is this is Love Island, not Friend Island, or this is Married at First Sight, not Friend at First Sight. Like, I love you when watch, they say that too. Like, you watch they too much reality make up TV, a fake show. I do. I do. <laughs> I was just gonna say, like, I think, um, yeah, it, it will be interesting um, if it if it is a final three. I hope it's a final three. I like final threes. I think if you're production, you want George in there and and George gets there better if there's a final three. So oh, um, not to be all conspiracy tinfoil hat, but well, I, I think, think that's the case. I think either way, like if George is there, it's great. And if he's not there, the final three is still, I would say, up in the air. Matt versus Liz almost. I think Jerry's out of it. But if, yeah. if Jerry's at the end next to anyone, he loses, which I can see him being definitely second place. So if it's final two, it's going to be quite boring. If it is final three, it's very intriguing. Actually, if it's final three, then we have very similar game to season 43. We've got Jesse going out at four, so George going out at four. Then we've got Gabe, like Cassidy, um, Owen. So we got Jerry somehow takes it out, right? That's how I say it. I think it's a bit of a... Oh, thing. please don't will that into existence. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. Oh, I'm still recovering from that trauma. Uh, but, yeah, please, let's not will that into existence. But, yeah, um, look, look, if Jerry wins, it's not... He's, it's not the uh, worst. Hey, it's not, it's not the, the worst, worst thing. Australian Survivor tends to love their geriatric winners. I mean, you know, it seems like. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> so why no not? Why not add an old man to the mix? Yeah. <laughs> um, could we? Sorry, I know I want to take the things off track a little bit. Mm. I just want Go to ahead. talk about this last moment, non-elimination twist, this isolation. What we think about it because we know non-eliminations are a part of Australian Survivor. I liked this one. I. Is, this is one of my favourite for that late merge, eliminate uh, non-elims, other than a jury removal. I, I I land where I actually I did enjoy it, but where again where I don't land on these things is they always need to tell them before the vote. And again, yeah. uh, I, I'm sure people have talked this to death. I don't think Survivor needs to be fair, quote unquote. But I do think you give players more agency if they know what they're voting for. Um, And it's less about, like, surprise for the sake of a surprise. And I think even if you tell them what they're voting for, I still think the result is probably the same. It's still probably Nina and Jerry. And it was, I guess it was a good, interesting wrinkle for the Sunday night episode. Uh, Definitely. And, Mac, I know how much you hate non-elims, so I don't want to hear about that. How much did you love this one? (laughs) Oh, look, I mean, as a friend, it was a fun sort of wacky thing they did. Like, it was enjoyable to watch them in the the isolation. People come up to them in the playpen. It was yeah, it's fun when George is like sneaking up to listen to Simon chat with them. Like, it was fun. But I think anything with the non-limbs, especially when it's this late in the game, you just get you get two episodes which are like identical, which is what happens. Like, we've seen it back to back, the same episode. I know that Simon went out instead of Nina, but um, the votes went the way they should have the previous tribal. So nothing changed. Like. It was a great episode, like, sorry, a great twist, but there was no real payoff. Like, nothing changed. Nina and Jerry spoke, but it was more just like blowing smoke up her ass. He said, yeah, yeah, yeah we're going to get George, and it didn't happen. So, like, they can't, I think the, the cure for this thing is just have the non-limbs earlier in the season. Just throw one, like, the first episode, have, like, just no one go home for one one episode. Who's going to complain with that? And you get rid of one that way. Ah, uh, no, nah, oh, I'd complain. You just, need you need someone going home at the end of the first you can't episode. Have it this late well, in the I season. still say, yeah, 
Just have two more players. I, I, I still land on just have two more players. It's no skin off their nose. You know, like another end of my show, the traders, they still have one person going every episode. They still have enough players to fill their episode quota. Like, yes, they have significantly less of a quota. But, like, again, it just makes sense to me that, like, 24, 26, much of a muchness, really. Plus, you get these crazy merge-like tribal councils in your first few episodes anyway with a tribe of 13. So, yeah. Yeah, have a reunion. Have just put a, a reunion on. There's another episode as well. Like, it's, it's, there's ways around it for sure. Yeah, no, it's it's unfortunately Australian Survivor is stuck with this format, this 24 episode format. 24 episodes is a lot. It's a lot of content, especially when we get things like, well, South South Africa was 24 episodes, and I never felt that that was too intense, other than the four a week. Yeah, um, they, in this last season, um, and America, and then America's too little. Yeah, coming into yeah, uh, uh, now we're watching now we're watching America on every every Thursday night, and it's too there's not enough. All right, let's keep this moving. Um, let's. I, I really want to talk about this because I don't know if there's anyone is as interested in this as I am. We have mm-hmm. not seen an idol in over five episodes. We have not seen an idol since Shawnee found it in her departure episode. We have not, we've, we haven't seen the camera flash to it. Mm. There's got to be one out there. That one would have been rehidden. There is definitely one idol in the game at this stage. Are they not finding it? Has George found it and he's not using it, but it's not a good enough part of the story that they're not bringing it to us? What are our theories on this? No, I mean, surely no one's found it. I mean, it's, now, it's, now it's final four. They can't use it anyway, but... I don't think. I, someone, I agree. Yeah. yeah, I don't think someone's found it and they haven't showed us in the edit because I think everyone except for George needs something else on their resume for the viewers to deem them a, a suitable winner, I suppose. So just finding an idol, if they, if that person ends up winning, it's like, oh, they, look, they did this as, as well, you know, just to boost their game. Um, I don't look. That's why I'm thinking it's George that's possibly found it yeah. and we're not seeing it because he's not going to bring that up at the final tribal, even if he makes it. We would have, we would have seen him say something about I can use my idol to do what I want, etc. But or two tattoos. <laughs> JLP, he keeps asking if anyone's got it, whether or not that's to just sort of put some doubt in the contestants' minds, like, oh, maybe someone has it. Do we have to split a vote properly, etc.? Um, it's hard to say. I don't. I don't it obviously was never found, but I think I think they will always rehire idols. Like, I, there's just no way that they wouldn't. And you you point to after the Shawnee boot, there were two rewards, there were two opportunities. You know, the, we talk about a lot about the Jacuzzi Alliance. I'm sure there was an opportunity at those rewards because Australian Survivor loves putting them in the rewards or there was something at camp to ensure that there was another idol uh, because they ultimately as well want... They'd love George to play another idol and dictate who goes home. Like that, in their minds, is good TV. Or someone um, play an idol yeah. on George and send George home. Or also that even, right? Yeah. I mean, ultimately, like, again, I hate to be tinfoil hat on it, but like... You know, you probably think that Shawnee thought someone in production was going to hint or nudge, nudge for her to play her idol, but she ultimately forgot that George was is is more of a production favourite than her, <laughs> <laughs> um, and and maybe was like, um, yeah, didn't play it as a result. Uh, um, sorry, Mac, you <laughs> got we were about to say something. No, yeah. it wasn't. It was just interesting theory for sure. Oh, I love I love that tin the tin hat foil theory. You can bring those up anytime, mate. Anytime. 
you well you know it's hard because I want to you know I land on the side because like and I'm sure you get this a lot too speaking with casual fans like is it actually real or do they actually just go to a hotel at night like <laughs> uh, like that asinine question yeah, gets yeah. asked so many times and I'm like no it's real they are out there like I, I believe in the authenticity of this show I want to believe it's one of the most authentic shows on television reality wise and I think most people would say that but you would be blind to think that they do not have contingencies back and forth to try and subtly influence the game um, in the ways that they can. Yeah. And, like, we want to believe that they don't, but, yeah, it's hard to not uh, think that they're saving someone, think that they're blah, 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 blah sort of thing. They You want to, that they're not pointing out idols, idols with cameras to certain players to keep those players in the game. It, you'd be stupid to think that there is absolutely no help at all. Maybe maybe that important oh, out 100%. To, to save George, because let's pretend Simon found Possibly, yeah, true. Simon true. finds an idol. And Simon him, was good at that. And George goes home. So it's like, maybe they're doing it to mm. protect him as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that, I like that theory. I actually really like that theory. Because yeah. so, George did, definitely didn't need it. He hasn't needed it no. to this point. Um all right. Well, anyway, we've we've talked about enough about conspiracy theories. We still have to get through Matt and Liz. Um, yes. We can get through these two pretty quickly. We've had actually a very quiet week. Uh, she definitely had the right idea. She needs Matt out. Um, I'm surprised Matt didn't attack her back and think just what I need Liz out um, earlier than this point, like she, he hadn't brought it up at all. We haven't heard Liz's name come out of his mouth, even with Simon, because Simon was always an easy vote. Obviously Liz had immunity this last one, but yeah, she definitely had the right idea, right idea. She gets Matt's out, Matt out. Chances are she wins the whole way to the end, right? Yeah. I mean, you'd think she'd probably win out from that spot. And I thought, um, it was interesting to, like, we've just seen her vote for Matt, and Matt probably didn't expect it was coming because he thought Liz was still with her. So I guess it probably puts Liz on the bottom for the final four vote. Um, but, yeah, like, she had to probably had, like, she was telling George, you know, stop caring about the old man and all this stuff about Jerry, which is quite fun to, to see because, you know, she's saying, oh, you've gone soft, George, and then she's got, like, the machete, which is licking it, you know, with the rice on it. And it was like, <laughs> she's just this ruthless person now, which is good. It's a good evolution of Liz, like, from what we've seen. I think it's interesting, right? Like, so let's let's put the option right. Like, George gets rid of Liz and keeps Nina. I do think Nina's less of that challenge threat, but I could I don't know. I just could see, uh, even though Nina's game has been quite passive, uh, pretty much. Well, like I'm sorry, I should say passive just by virtue of people not wanting to work with her, not by virtue of her actions. Yeah. I, I could see her somehow, maybe not influencing Jerry, but influencing Matt to go to a two-two against George and maybe just making it a lot more difficult. Whereas I think maybe in this final four spot, Liz is more likely as a, as a lone wolf yeah. to band herself with George as she knows that like, that's really her only play forward yeah, to, that was, to the final three or two. Yeah. That, that was a question I wanted to ask if Liz didn't mm-hmm. win, say Matt won again, who is the better option to remove? And I was thinking for Matt's game, especially possibly Jerry's as well that Liz would be the better person to take out. But when you think about it for George and, yeah, Nina, she she had ins. Like, don't get me wrong, 
we didn't see any of them work out, but she had in, she had that social game. She's just spent 24 hours with Jerry and Jerry came out not hating her. So yeah, I, I actually, I really like what you said there, Adam. Yeah. Answer my question before I ask it. <laughs> Yeah, I think um, I think it was no, absolutely go definitely the right choice. Like Nina just being a returning player, like out of all the ones left, she was the only one who could probably do something fancy against George. Um, so I think George siding with Matt and Jerry was the right call. Good choice. Okay, let's um, quickly have a bit of a chat about Matt. Uh, he wins immunity. Cool challenge. There was a bit of controversy about one more block being left over. Um, I rewatched it, and the truth is, I was thinking that I should listen out to see if. Um, JLP says you have to use all the blocks. I'm pretty sure he did from memory, but I don't know what that's all about. But like, yeah, so we're, okay. So and I think me and you have talked about this in the past, Mac. I'm sure every other podcast, the truth is I haven't listened to any since I started a podcast. Um, but I'm pretty sure Matt's strategy is go him, George, Jerry, final three, him win final three challenge, kick out George. He wins over Jerry. Yeah, that's how um, that's how I've got the season panning out, and that's exactly what I think Matt's thinking. He is clearly the strongest challenger in that in that threesome, at least. So I'm sure they'll take out Liz if she's not immune, and I do think Matt will go on to win the game. Um, what What are your feelings on that? Like, will you be content with that ending? Uh, like I said before, I don't think the ending of a season makes or breaks a season for me. So I, I I'm fine with Matt winning. Um, I guess if it's Matt or out of the four left, he's probably my third pick, um, just ahead of Jerry. But, yeah, like, he, will he be a good winner? I probably won't look back and think, oh, wow, Matt was so good, he did all these things. But I guess he flipped from the heroes at the right time with George. He rode the coattails of, like, the best player ever. And if he wins his way to the end, he'll, he would have won, like, what, five immunities on the way through? Like, it's not that bad a game when you break it down. It's just we didn't see a lot of him. And, like, he probably didn't do anything very early in the game. He seems like a nice guy, like the most likable person there. So, like, yeah, I'll be fine with it. But, I mean, there's, there's Liz, I prefer Liz and George. But, yeah, I mean, Matt's fine. Yeah, what are, you, what are your feelings on that, Adam? Do you believe that that's pretty much what we're going to see? And what are your feelings if it does result like this? I mean, I think, I think you know, obviously never count out um, an, an Olympian versus a lifeguard, right? Like, I think, I think they're pretty even in terms of challenge strength. So, like, I, I, you know, I'm deep down pulling. Obviously, I still believe that George could, could make it to the end. I know that obviously we're super fans and we can see the writing on the wall for him. There might be some miracle there. But barring that miracle, if it's between Liz and Matt, I'd be more excited to see Liz take it out and I could see it happening, right? Um, but I think ultimately, um, yeah, Liz is in that position where she has to win out because she's so on the outs. And George's, George's best path and Jerry's best path is not with Liz. Liz has too many friends on that jury. She's also seen herself as a sociable player. George has to know from Shawnee's, you know, vote last time where she never votes for Sean, um, that, you know, she's never going to vote for anyone that's, like, screwed her over. Um, yeah. And so I don't think Shawnee's ever voting for George over Liz. Yeah. Oh, never, never. Agreed. And, and we've already talked about this. We talked about it at the start of the podcast. There is a theory to George to win the game. It's there. It's going to happen. Will it into existence? Will, I'm, will, I'm willing it into existence. Yeah. That makes this the best season ever. I think so. I think it okay. makes it the best season of Australian Survivor and it probably 
gets into my top ten overall. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Top ten. I'm thinking like yeah. this is a top five regardless of what happens. This is a this is a great season. Wow. Yeah, I think yeah. it's huge. Well, I mean, like again, top ten's not bad. Top ten's not bad. I just especially uh, sixty seasons. Yeah. 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 Like you're you're always going to struggle with Australian seasons. Yeah. Um, all right, let's talk about these evictees. Let's talk about Simon. Let's rank him as a player. Let's rank him as a character. We got anything that we're going to remember, and will he return? Yeah, sorry. Um, so I'll I'll jump in here and I'll say that Simon. I rank him player wise. Look, he's he's actually um, like I don't think he's very good at ingratiating himself into an alliance. Um, but by that same token, I just love watching him. I could watch him for days. I, I will one knock against him is I feel like so many, so many times he has a lot of manufactured lines. Oh, I um, but o- overall, he tries, and I can't fault someone for trying. I think the most memorable moment for me with him was probably around George's Tribal Council where he, like, absolutely tore him to shreds. And I know that's more a George moment, but it's still memorable, I guess, seeing Simon react to it in the way that he did. Um, could he return? Absolutely. I mean, like the man's a specimen. He could play Survivor any day of the week. It's up to him, I think. What do you think, Mac? Yeah, I think I think um, Simon's a better character than he's a player. I think coming out of Brains of Spawns, mm. I wasn't excited to see him come back, but I guess it took him like 15 episodes till he changed my mind, and I started to love him towards the end. I was rooting for him, this underdog. But I think when if he was to play again, he wouldn't be an underdog from the start. He would come in as this alpha male and probably in a majority alliance like he did at the start of the game, and I'd probably hate him again. And then the only reason we started to like him was because he was the underdog and he accepted it, and he did a really good job at like being, I guess, gracious in defeat. And I really enjoyed that about him. Um, I don't think his, his skills for the game are that great. Like he, Even in his first season, like his closest alliance turned on him. In this one here, he sort of... Didn't really have much going for him after the first sort of two weeks of the show. So um, as, as much as I do like him now as a character, yeah, he's, he's not the best player. Uh, will we see him again? I reckon we probably will. Like he's he's the type, like you said, probably will come back for like a fan's favourite or just any returnee season because he's, he's elevated himself to like this top tier character status and um, and being also like this Jack guy. Like that's what Australian Survivor's looking for. So I think we'll definitely see him again. A memorable moment. It's got to be the Cookie Idol. The whole thing about the Cookie Idol that lasted what, like four <laughs> weeks? Like this, this went on forever. Don't forget, um, and that will be something that will go down. I think it was the the jacuzzi reward where Liz is like, "Oh, I'll bring back a cucumber and see if someone will try to use that as an idol." And it was just, <laughs> it's going to live on in memory, yeah. isn't it? It's just great. So, Cookie Idol for me. Yeah. I I think I said this at the start of the season. No matter how excited I was to see someone back, I disagree with. A lot, like quite a bit of his strategy. So I've listened to him on podcasts. Mm. I don't agree with a lot of his strategy. Um, I'm not saying that I'm any better. Chances are there's a lot of people out there that disagree with mine. Uh, obviously, watching him on the show both seasons, he fumbles his way through. It's yeah. that's that's literally it. Both both seasons, he is makes clear mistakes, fumbles his way through, and I think it's the love of the game. That is why he does that. He he almost over tries, over puts in, screams you're a pawn, uh, Jerry and Matt. <laughs> like it's it's like he just overplays, and that's his enthusiasm, and that's why we love him, is because of his enthusiasm. It's just unfortunately his enthusiasm for the game means that chances are I don't see him ever having a chance to win. 
And you know what? Just on that, you know what's interesting and unique about that? Normally when we see an overplay, it's from that typical, like, super fan nerd archetype. I he is a like super I've fan nerd. Seen... He's a super yeah, fan nerd. Yeah, he's a super fan nerd. In, yeah, uh, but he's like an, Yeah, in what's Abercrombie body. Is that the word? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'd say that. Yeah. Abercrombie body, 100%. What's and that's Abercrombie what's unique body? about it, and I think almost different. Well, like Abercrombie and Fitch used to have these male models who'd, who'd greet you at the, out the door. Um, yeah, so that's probably why he's got an Abercrombie body, um, yeah. basically, right? Uh, and, and I think... And I think um, as well, right, like you're absolutely right. Like it's so interesting seeing that um, in, in, in the body of like, yeah, like a jacked alpha bro. Because like yeah. I feel like any alpha bro that's put on Survivor is normally the recruit, normally has no knowledge of the game and as a result just does the same mistake over and over. Looking at you, Sam Webb. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you weren't on when Sam Webb went out. Oh man! Oh, I would have. We, I, wanted, I, wanted, I, wanted have, I wanted to have been able to get a word in. <laughs> oh, uh, I despise that man. But anyway, we'll. Uh, all right. Um, day. <laughs> my, okay, as a as a character, I loved Simon. He was my favorite character of this season. Oh, actually, George is pretty good. Look, he's he's bloody up there. He's bloody up there. Like, he seriously is so entertaining. Top three. three, Well and truly, without a doubt, no questions asked. Um, He's a lovely guy, and it showed on the show. I think uh, my favorite memorable moment was Haley's phrase, get your face right. Oh, love it. Those those facial expressions that Simon, which he had a lot of because he was clueless a lot of the time, were awesome. Um, and I can't think, oh, also the stupidity of him trying to pull Sean down and him trying to act so villainous at the start of the game. Some of them like burning the hat. You might regret that later. Blah, blah, blah. They're all big moments. Uh, will he return? Definitely. He'll return as long. Simon, please don't knock up your misses for a few years. Cause we need to see. That. <laughs> I think that's it, right? I think that's, that's the only factor, right? <laughs> Let's let's get on to the princess. The princess of Survivor. Nina, what are your thoughts, Adam? Uh, so I think for me, uh, sorry, yeah, so Nina this season, uh, I don't think there's the proof there. Like, I think Nina is very different from Sandra in that, like, and she acknowledges herself. Like, she's a hero who plays as a villain. Well, that was her, like, um, pitch to us this season as to why she's returning. But I don't think the pitch ever came to fruition. And ultimately, I think um, Nina, I, I, this season for me, this is probably quite controversial. I love Nina as a as a character or as a person, but I feel like she proved that why maybe Jeff didn't want her on American Survivor um, this season. And I think that the potential that we saw from Blood versus Water just wasn't realised. Um, so I don't really rank her play that well. Like going with the Alpha Bros, and maybe this is maybe this is her victim being on the Heroes Tribe and just slotting into that major Alpha Alliance. But I just think if Sandra were in her spot, Sandra wouldn't. And I know I have to take them as different people, but I just think Sandra is so much more dynamic and open and open to trying things, whereas Nina doesn't have this. She played agency. the hero game. She did. That's what she, she did. did. Whereas Sandra from day one knew how to play a, vin- a villainous game and, and win. And, and I'm just, as a super fan, I'm going to respond more to a villainous game. Um, a memorable moment. I mean, it's hard. Like, I mean, I, I feel like the most memorable moments 
Nina had were, I guess, her trying to convince others to to flip. Like, and they were pretty good moments. Like she, when she is trying to flip people, she's pretty good TV to watch. But otherwise, I can't really think. Um, and I think will she return? I think she's done. Maybe there's an option for her in it in the new American Survivor. I'd be curious to see how she goes in that very different format. Maybe she does go better. But um, but I think if she enters that kind of realm as well, I think they'll just default to she's played the game Australian. People will recognise her. She'll go home early and she'll be pretty forgotten. I, I just don't see a path for her to come back and win. Yeah. Um, I want to I wanna chime in, Mac, and I want to jump in and just quickly get out what I've got to say. I would actually mm. love that because if Nina goes and plays in the new American version, that opens up an Australian player not an Australian, but an Australian survivor player going to American version. That opens up what, that. Russell again? Well, no, so they've come here, but we haven't gone there. Yeah. So I think, yes, she's still an American, but it just opens that up, and that may lead to what we all want, and that is a world game or America versus international season. I Nina. think you're more likely to get Australia versus the world. So I just want to touch on that. You're more likely to get Australia versus the world or South Africa versus the world than you ever are American Survivor. I know that we had JLP meet Jeff, but I feel like that's the extent of it. Okay. Um, but yeah. Yeah. That's it. It's such a shame. I think Nina got stuck this season. I think being on the Heroes Tribe, just like Haley, it. Yeah, I, I think Nina's game in Blood vs. Water was awesome. What, from what we saw, I don't know if that was built up. But you could see genuine manipulation of people and getting them to bring up the name, blah, blah, blah. She was doing it this season. We know she was doing it this season to those lower people on the Heroes Tribe, those people that did get voted out pretty early, like the Bens and et cetera. Uh, she, she definitely got chops for the game. I We just we definitely didn't see it, and I think she just got cornered in this season. She was mm. in a hero's side that had nothing to do. She was about to make a big move with Haley, and then she was on the bottom, and she was always going to be on the bottom. It. I don't think she. We got to see the full extent of Nina's capabilities this season, which is a real shame that she got hurt in Blood versus Water because I believe we would have seen it then. Um, as a character, yeah, I like her. She's cool. Um, she's uh, she's not a mum, but yeah, she's cool. She's just not, she's just not the queen. She's not the queen. She'll always be the princess. And memorable moments. Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe her sitting out of so many challenges. I guess at the start <laughs> of the season. Um, and so shady. yeah, and I've already said will she return? Sorry, Mac. Sorry for jumping in on there. You're right, mate. Hmm. No, I'll, I'll echo the sentiments of you two. Like underwhelming is a word that springs to mind. If you look at all the returning mm. players, she was the one that probably disappointed the most for me in terms of either, Agreed. like, growth or just, like, I expected so much more. In Blood vs. Water, she was so dominant true, yeah. early on. She she was dictating votes. She was with everyone, and we just didn't see that from her. And, and maybe it's because, like, we saw, like, no confessionals of her in the pre-merge until until Liz came over uh, with the whole the mutiny thing and her and David and Sam and Liz were getting this little uprising happening, but it never really paid off. Um, she just didn't do anything. And yeah, she came sixth. Or she, came, no, she came fifth. She came fifth, and it's like we're disappointed that she came fifth. I think that's the potential that she has. She could have been so much more. Um, her confessionals are fine. Like she's got a bit of wit about her, which is good to see. But we probably didn't get enough of her, and nothing. 
She couldn't really get any traction. She couldn't get any, any moves she going. Couldn't. So that's probably why we're so disappointed. Um, yeah, that's 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 Nina. Like, just I just think she was stuck. That's yeah. I think it's I don't I don't yeah. even think it's her that's disappointed. I just think she was stuck. Yeah. And just, I will say this: I, I do think also to go back to like a really big moment around Rogue and, and that racist commentary, which I'm just going to oh, yeah, pull true. out was, was racist towards her. Yeah, well, like, true. and I think she handled that with such class and sophistication. Um, I, I wish we had more of a conversation. I mean, you know, Jeff would have turned it into a moment, and I know people like to roll their eyes when Jeff tries to do that. But I feel like in Australian Survivor, to just kind of have that glazed over or only brought up when Nina was at Tribal about to vote out Rogue. I mean, that was a good payoff, but I just wanted more of a conversation around that. Um, and I and I feel sorry that that kind of happened to her and started her game off in that, you know, yeah. underwhelming way as a result. Definitely, definitely. All right. Um, on that down note, let's go to an up note. <laughs> right, let's, let's go to Buffles, Buff of the Episodes. Please tell me, Adam, that you've thought of it, thought this through. Oh, absolutely! I always think about who's who's, who's playing the best game. So, oh, wait, would you like me to go first, or let's, well, or we're going to give it to someone else? No, nah, let's give it. Let's give it to Mac. Let's see what we we sort of cancel Mac out of that out of Nina. Yeah, on, what Mac. do you got for episode twenty one, mate? I did speak about Nina. He did not cancel me out of it. That's all right. We can take it. In turns. <laughs> um, so, episode twenty one. That was a Sunday night. My buff. It was a bit of a tough one because not a whole lot happened and, you know, it's, it ultimately Simon went home in, in the same boat that should have happened in the previous episode. So my wife went to Matt. Um, Matt won the immunity challenge, so he was immune to that boat. He finds himself after this in the best spot. Uh, he's got Jerry. He's got George. He's seen as, like, the best challenger left in the in the competitions, in the um, in the challenges. And I just think he's he's come out of that in a, in a pretty good spot. No one's... Re- I mean, like, he gets targeted next episode, but I just thought he was... I mean, I'm, I'm clutching at straws here. He was the player of that episode because not much else. Yeah. All right. Uh, what do you think, Adam? Uh, look, I'll, I'll give it to George, I think. Like, I, I feel like, again, kind of in that swing spot, able to really pivot. Uh, and, and George finally got his man. He finally got Simon out as well. So I feel like you've got to give some of that to, to George as well, though Matt is also a great pick. Yeah, um, I I agree with you, Adam. George got my buff. Uh, George, like George, has to do some tremendous things these days to get buffs from me. Um, but he seriously, yeah, he as as you said, he got Simon out. He uh, he he got his man, and he was able to get Jerry back from being pissed off with him. Jerry voted with them. The vote went down exactly how he wanted it to go down. He got. He was able to convince Simon to vote for Nina. Nina to vote for Simon. It just every that was all George. It was all George that episode. Um, every George, every episode's then, all George. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. You can't really. No, but, but but it's true. You got to give the man his props, right? Yeah, like exactly. again, like there's again, a reason. Yeah, yeah. There's a reason he's so high up on. He's got so many buffs this season. Yeah, um, yeah. It's because the guy's killing it. He seriously, said- he is this season. I said it last week. He's got to earn the buffs now. Like he can't be just doing nothing like in that episode and get a buff from me. He's got to do something half decent at least. Well, he did. He did. That's what that's, that's, that's what I'm saying. He did. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Matt, what, what can, can he, he do? do a final six? Yeah, he did it. He did it. That's what I'm saying. Is he did it this episode because no one else did anything else? No, I agree with that. Yeah. And he also, you know, he split the vote too. Like he got a vote split at at final six, which is always incredibly hard to do and precarious, less, you know, because it's less people. 
Um, so that is something. It's not like the most exciting thing to watch, but it is something. Um, okay, let's move on to episode 22. Adam, who you got for me? I uh, I feel like a broken record, but I, I am going to give it to George again. Like, oh, I mean, obviously, surprise. the obvious pivot. But he's the obvious pivot here. He's the obvious pivot here. He elects to go with Nina. I feel like Nina's the best one for him. Um, regardless, he ignored Liz's advances because I think Liz's advances were better for Liz. Um, and ultimately puts him in a spot where he can go 2-2 next week if Liz is is looking for someone to hold on to, or he can kind of cling on to the boys and maybe get carried through some miracle if Jerry feels that way too. So he's got options. Um, so I, that's where I land. But what do you what do you think, Mac? Because I know you probably think different. Well, no, I, I do agree with you. I've gone George as well. It's hard, it's hard, how do you not give it to him? Like, how, If you told me weeks ago that at the final five, George would be the swing vote and no one's targeted him, what, are you kidding me? So he's done a great yeah. thing in that spot. He's, I think, he, like you said, he's picked the right person to get out in Nina over Matt. I think he's made the right decision. Because um, I think Nina would have been his like biggest threat going forward in terms of like winner credential and also someone who could, I guess, change the game. Despite what we said, how underwhelming she has been, she's still got that aura about her, you know. So he made the right choice. And, it, I mean, no one else did anything else, so it's hard not to give us a George. Yeah. Um, yeah, mine goes to George as well. Sorry, guys. Um, I, just, I just could not think. I, all the things you said, I could not think of anyone else to give it to. I, 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 like Matt and Jerry sort of tossed it up that they were able to keep George on their side. I guess I just think Nina um, going home was definitely the best thing for George. I just had to give it to George pretty much. You guys have said it all. I can't say any more. So let's talk about who's got buffs. Well, we had Sam leave on one. I didn't give it to him, so don't worry, Adam. Um, we've got <laughs> we've got Stevie and Shawnee. Um, they've got wow. two each, and Matt's on now up to two because he was he got the only other buff that wasn't given to George this week. Uh, Jordy and Ben both left on three. Flick, Sean, and now Nina leaves on four, where Liz is also on four. Simon left on five. Haley left on seven, and George is at seventeen. So, yes. <laughs> George it's is... It's almost like it's the confessional count for the season. It's following it, it a similar is. pattern. It is, yeah. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. Oh, Jerry doesn't have any. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> anyway, guys, th- this has been awesome. But, Adam, you got anything to plug? May Will we hear your voice again on podcast radio? Oh, sorry. Yeah, I guess for me, like... This has been such a, a return to form season. I'm so pleased. And I, I genuinely want to give Endemol credit. Like, the challenge variety has been better. I think a lot of that, and I'm not going to give George more credit, but I do think it is. I think George behind the scenes is really pushing them to think, how do we stop this ninja warriorification of Australian Survivor? Now that Ninja Warrior is actually cancelled, um, I feel like we've seen this evolution around challenges that's led to more dynamic and exciting TV. The only thing that needs to continue is good casting, right? And I think the problem with Blood versus Water last season is we didn't get that because of the forced pair format. So I'm really hopeful now that casting has opened up for the first time in a couple of years that we're going to get a new fresh batch. I wonder what the versus format will be, but I, I, I'm, I've never been more positive 
leaving a season of Australian Survivor. Like, I'm sad to see it go in a, into more episodes. Yeah. Love that. That was awesome. That was that was great to hear, mate. Like, that was very, very well said. You are very right. I <laughs> am looking forward to Australian Survivor. Before this season, I was worried if they fuck up heroes versus villains, we would lose Australian Survivor. I genuinely believe that. I think I said it to multiple people. If they fuck this up, we will not have another season. We are, we're on. We're on here. We're on the world stage. This is talked about in America. We have more viewers than we've probably ever done. We killed Australian Idol, from what I hear. Don't quote me on that. I haven't thought about, I haven't thought about that for a few weeks. But. Oh, no, we've killed Australian Idol. I've been following the ratings. We've killed Australian Idol. And it's so funny that, like, you think of a show that had so much going for it in terms of nostalgia coming back. Like, people have wanted Idol back for years, and this show has come back and destroyed it. And I, and I think if you swap the seasons around, if it was Blood versus Water, I don't think you can say that. I think, it, it, like, Australian Survivor leaves in the strongest position it's been in, in quite a few years as a result. So there's just a bit of pressure now to for next season. Like, all eyes will be on it. Like, especially international audiences, like, everyone's watching it now. So it's like, it'll be seen as, was this a flash in the pan or is Australian Survivor actually good consistently now? And so next season, is it, I guess there's a lot of pressure on, on, on the, you know, the casting and everything to get it right. Like, to find the next George. I'm so curious, too, if they ever go back to, like, yeah, find the next George, find the next Shawnee, but find new players as well, right? Yeah. And I'm so curious if it ever goes back to... Because we know pre-pandemic they were like, we're going to do two a year. I, I I wonder if they're like itching in their in their minds at the network to be like, do we push this? Do we go two a year, or or are they like so focused on developing new shows or trying new things out that they avoid that? I know that like from a like programming perspective, we don't have Amazing Race this year. We don't have Real Love Boat that flops. But they're bringing back the traders. We probably aren't going to get another the traders, series. The, I think the traders yeah. struggled as well. It, it did struggle. Yeah. I think um, it's still coming back for a second series, though. They've finished casting it. Um, and um, I think they're hoping to build that audience up. Channel 10 will give shows, I think, more chances because they're the third network, right? Um, but I do think that, like, there is a... I, if I had to predict, I could see... Um, them looking at a, a two seasons of Survivor next year. I, I wouldn't say this year, uh, but I could see them pushing for Survivor against Maps because, again, I don't think they've got anything else in their arsenal that, that does as well against Maps, even if it's a distant second. And I could see, like, a Survivor maybe to finish out the year as well. That would be awesome. To see Survivor not have to go up against Maps, it would be really cool. Like, I think the numbers would probably skyrocket. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. But but I think I think ten are putting their best against nine's best because that's just the way the cookie crumbles, and they just I just don't think they've got anything else, and they don't want they don't want their numbers to be in the three hundreds or or four hundreds um, too consistently to start off. Uh, anyway, no, Adam, it has been an absolute pleasure to have you on. Um, it it was enlightening. It was great being around a professional. Because now we're starting to become professionals and icons ourselves, as we hear. And, uh, mate, you got anything to plug? Firstly, I want to say, like, you guys are professionals as well. Like, I love that you guys have started this journey. Um, it's, it's you know, someone who was there from the start and has taken a break, I, 
I love passing the torch. I love seeing great talent out there. And there's so many great podcasts out there that you should listen to. I, I and I encourage people to go beyond what they think of the immediate podcasts and explore more. Um, and I think, uh, you know, in terms of plugging myself, I mean, you can follow me um, on Twitter is probably the best way. I still use it despite Elon's attempts to make it a hellscape. It's still a fun time for Survivor AU. Um, so I'll be tweeting that hashtag, tweeting up a storm. Um, my name's at Adam Ritter, A-D-A-M-R-I-D-A on Twitter and Instagram as well. Um, and, yeah, um, I look forward to the viewing party, guys. I hope to see you both there. Um, and, yeah, we can go from there. Yeah, awesome. I, I know I'm definitely coming. Mac, did you want to yeah, let us know yeah. if you're coming? I think at the moment I am coming. My wife's giving me the green light. So if anyone listening wants to head out, uh, it's at the Beresford Hotel in Sydney. There's a viewing party for the finale on Monday night at, I think it's 7 o'clock. I think there's some trivia beforehand. So get along to that if you can. Uh, well, I think we're all three of us will be here. Uh, there's a couple other guests. I think Eli's going to it, who's been on our podcast this season, um, and other people from the community. If you don't know anyone, come along, get to meet us. It's cool. Um, apart from that, I've got nothing else to plug, except we're doing a American Survivor podcast. Uh, should be out for the weekend, so look look um, look out for that. And that's it. Yeah. Yeah, boys, this has been so much fun, and I'm guessing everyone that's made it this far knows how much fun this was because this. <laughs> This this is good. This has been great. I've loved this. Now, please like, subscribe, follow. Survivor, Buffs, Blindsides, and Banter on Facebook. Survivor underscore 3BS on Instagram. And Survivor 3BS on, at Survivor 3BS on Twitter. This has been great. Adam, absolute pleasure. Mac, always a bloody pleasure to have you on and hear your ideas. You always let me know when my ideas are stupid. <laughs> so, um, it's been great, guys. I'll see you later. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.